Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 1. Episode 14, where we travel from the middle of nowhere in Wyoming to Reno, on the California Zephyr. With the shadows lengthening, we're still travelling through this wide expanse of nothing. Very few animals. It's now early evening and the sun is slowly sinking in the west, so the shadows are lengthening. A few minutes ago we stopped literally in the middle of nowhere to change the engineer and conductor crews for the train. How they found where the train was going to be I'm not quite sure, but it certainly wasn't any normal place. Sky is a beautiful blue, not a cloud anywhere. I would imagine that it's going to be quite a cold night tonight. In a short while we'll be coming to Rock Springs, which is 90 minutes on from Rawlins. Rock Springs is the fourth most populated city in the state of Wyoming and has a population of just over 23,000 people. The city is a home for 56 different nationalities because of an influx of immigrants from all over the world who came to work in the coal mines that supplied the fuel that powered the steam engines of the Union Pacific Railway. This is an energy-rich region which has many oil and natural gas wells and we've passed quite a lot of nodding donkeys there to pump the oil up from below. A further 30 minutes has passed and we reach the small community of Green River situated on the banks of the river of the same name. The Green River Ordinance was passed making the city one of the first places in the United States to ban door-to-door -door sales. The river basin contains the world's largest known deposit of trona ore, the primary source of sodium carbonate in the United States. In addition, the river basin also has large oil shale natural gas reserves and a growth in activities of a number of the oil companies has created a mini boom. It is now completely dark and the next town that we pass through is Evanston, a hundred miles from Green River and it has a population of 12,359 people. It is located on the border between Wyoming and Utah. The town grew up because of the arrival of the railway and the railway servicing facilities. In addition, the abundant timber and water along the Bear River made this a good refueling stop for cross-country trains. To this day, Union Tank Car works on railway tank cars near the main railway complex. Running about an hour late, we reached Salt Lake City at round about midnight. Normally the train would stop here for around 25 minutes. However, tonight I think it's going to be little less. This is the home of the world headquarters of the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. The valley in which the city lies is considered to be one of the safest and most attractive natural settings in North America. The railway station is part of the Salt Lake City intermodal hub that not only services the California Zephyr, but also services part of the light rail system operating in the area and the local commuter rail services. In addition, the station is serviced by the local bus service, the Greyhound long-distance buses, and an organisation called U Car Share. 41,108 passengers used the Amtrak services at this station in 2016. Thank you.
I'm sat with Chris, who I've been trading insults with all day, or is it jokes with all day? <laughs> Anyhow, we've been having a good laugh as we've been going along. Chris, where are you travelling to today? I am, I am headed to Salt Lake City. Is this your first time by rail? It is, in the States, yes. And where did you start? I started in Boston with a layover in... Chicago that took me to Minneapolis back to Chicago and now I'm on the train to to Salt Lake. That sounds quite an interesting journey. (laughs) Why why did you go the Chicago, Minneapolis, Chicago bit? Um, So the train from Chicago to Minneapolis would have taken me another eight days to get home to Salt Lake. I had friends, army friends in Minneapolis I wanted to visit so took a short little plane ride and went and saw them and came back. You are ex-U.S. Army? I am retiring Army, yes. U.S. Army. (laughs) (laughs) It's the word retiring. (laughs) Have you retired yet or are you about to? December 1st, I will be a retiree. How long have you been in the Army? 29 years. Did you enjoy it? Loved every minute of it. Where did you go that was interesting? Well, my first tour was in Germany. I had the honor, privilege, whatever you want to call it, to be in Berlin, in East Berlin when the wall came down, when they announced the wall was coming down. So I saw all that. Um, I had the privilege to go to Desert Storm. That was interesting. But I think overall, just where I've been, the friends I've made have made it the best. And did you have any speciality in the army? Or? I started out as a mechanic, worked on the Humvees, the trucks, and the tanks. And then my last 15 years has been as a retention NCO. So re-enlisting soldiers to stay in. So twisting the, their arms up their back. No, actually, I can't. I, my thought was this is what the Army can give you. If you want it, you can take it. If not, thank you very much for your service. There's the door. We'll see you later. Well, it sounds like you've had a very interesting career. And you now live in Salt Lake City? Yes, I grew up in Salt Lake, so I'm going back home be close to my mom, help my brothers take care of her now. That's great to hear. You say you're retiring, which is from the army. Are you retiring, retiring, or (laughs) going to find some work? I'm moving on to a new job. I will be working with the VA, helping veterans file their disability benefits. That also sounds a very worthwhile occupation. I wish you well in the future, and thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, Tim, and it's been a pleasure riding next to you. sharing barbs here and there. (laughs) I think we've had a good day. Yes, we have. As we pass the Utah-Nevada state line a short way to Salt Lake City, we must remember to change our watches from Mountain to Pacific time. As we're going westbound, that's one hour back. During the night, we shall visit Elko. The town was founded in 1869 along the just-completed Transcontinental Railway. It was once dubbed the last real cow town in the American West and is still a ranching centre. It also relies on tourism brought in by the Red Lion Casino. Remember, we're in Nevada now. The relatively basic station was used by just over 7,500 passengers in 2016.
currently travelling through Nevada at about 50 miles an hour. The sun is just starting to break through the clouds, but there's been rain overnight. Apparently we're following a goods train, so that's slowing us down somewhat. And we're about three hours behind schedule. So we should be coming into Winnemucca somewhere around about 8.30 this morning, rather than the 5.40 it should have been. And that's in about 40 minutes' time. We've changed time zone, and I'm looking out of the window at a very open definitely non-agricultural space in front of me. On one side of us the road is following the line of the trains. From time to time we pass yet more scrap yards as we travel ever westwards. We're now about five minutes from Winnemucca. It's roughly 20 to 9. We should have left here at 5.40 so we're a little bit over three hours late. Winnemucca is a crew change point on this service, so we're going to have about five minutes where we'll be allowed to step off the train and get a breath of air. Other things about Winnemucca, well, Butch Cassidy robbed the bank in September 1900, and the station was upgraded from what was fundamentally a bus shelter and platform in 2012, and it was used by 4,050 passengers in 2016. We're starting to pass the occasional house and also one of the larger scrap yards we've seen in the last 24 hours. Travelling further through the desert now, and the conditions look to me to be even less friendly. We have passed one or two areas where people have been irrigating the soil and growing green crops, but at the moment it's pretty sandy with relatively little scrub. The mountains over in the distance look magnificent in the morning sun. This is just magnificent big sky country. I know I've said that many times, but I can't say it too often. This is an experience. We've just seen some water in the middle of the desert and it's the Rye Patch Recreation Area. Not that I can see anyone taking any recreation at the moment. It's a dammed river and there's quite a reservoir. It's not particularly high, but nice to see a patch of water in the middle of all this desert. One thing I've learnt on this trip is that whenever I say anything, circumstances about 30 seconds later completely make what I've just said to be untrue. We've just passed what looks like an oasis with beautiful trees and quite a few big trailers, so we assume that that is actually people taking recreation up here in the recreation area. We've just passed Lovelock. The area around this town was considered the most difficult of the entire journey by the Pony Express riders and also by those who travelled west by covered wagon. The Humboldt River meanders across the desert between the Trinity Mountains on the right and the Humboldt Range on the left. At times it disappears into the sand, leaving water full of minerals that is barely drinkable. On the left-hand side of the train, which is actually behind where I'm sitting, we're just passing the Toulon and Humboldt lakes. We've come to an area now which I'm wondering if it's an old lake bed. 
because there's a lot of whiteness on the soil which looks like salt that has dried out. I've asked two or three people and they think that I'm probably on the right track. We've just passed through Fernley and Fernley is the first sign that we've left the open spaces and are nearing the Reno Sparks metropolitan area. Fernley is uh, renowned for having a 750,000 square foot distribution centre for Amazon. We will now start to follow the Truckee River. As we proceed a bit further on, three miles before we arrive in Reno, we will go through Sparks, which to all intents and purposes is a twin of Reno. There are a number of casinos in town, the largest of which is called The Nugget. phone has just pinged with another email arriving so we've gone from no service to at least some service so I'm sat next to John who's been on the train <coughs> with me for ooh, the last 24 hours at least I was going to ask him how he's finding this journey I find it very interesting it's my first uh, trip by long distance train across the United States and uh, I'm finding it very interesting uh, the scenery is beautiful uh, just getting used to uh, slowing down and uh, and not being rushing around to, to different things. Uh, I'm meeting a lot of interesting people on board the plane, uh, excuse me, train. Uh, and it's actually a, what I'm thinking is like the whole subculture of people that just do trains. They don't do, they don't bother with planes. There's a, one gentleman I was speaking to who's deathly afraid of flying, and all he does is take trains, and and it's a normal thing for people to do that. Uh, uh, instead of taking trains. It does take time. It's taken me three days to get from Boston to uh, Truckee, California, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I do think next time I will get the sleeper car. <laughs> It'll make, make sleeping at night a little more enjoyable, but uh, all in all, I'm finding it very, uh, very enjoyable. You being sat down in coach, have you found the seats down there? Uh, very nice. I mean, they're actually, the seats are, I say, equivalent to first class uh, seat on an airplane, meaning they're wide. Uh, they do retract back about 30, 40 degrees. Uh, I have no one next to me, so I'm able to lie down uh, on that. Uh, I find it comfortable, but uh, I'm a tall person. I'm 6'3", so it's, I quite don't fit into the chairs. But uh, all in all, it's, it's fine. You would very much say, if you've got the time, this is the way to travel. I think so, yes. I, one, I think half the, the journey is, is looking out, seeing the scenery and stuff. But the other half, if, if you want to... Uh, engage people. You know, I, I eat in the dining car, breakfast and uh, dinners and stuff, and I, different people I sit down with every night, so I'm learning why they're doing it. And it's basically the same reasons I'm doing it, just are retired, have the time to spend, and want to see the uh, United States. Well, thank you very much. Welcome. Uh, we're going to have quite a few people getting on here in Reno, so if you do have your personal items spread out in the empty seat next to you, Please remove them. It's very important. We've got a lot of people. We'll need all the seats. So if you do have your items spread out in the empty seat next to you, please remove them and make that available to the next of passenger. And one last thing, folks. Uh, on the platform here, there's a small gap there between the, the train doors and the platform. So when exiting the doors here, do be careful. Watch your step and mind the gap. Reno's coming up here in about nine minutes as you will have just heard, we're coming into Reno roughly three hours late. 
Reno is called the biggest little city in the world and began as a modest gold mining service settlement that grew up after the discovery of silver in 1859. In 1868, the tailor, Jacob Davis, began to use rivets to secure the pockets of his men's trousers. Worried that the idea would be copied, he got a lawyer, Levi Strauss, to apply and pay for a patent granted in 1873. The mining waned in the 1900s and Nevada legalized casino gambling in 1931. The state also passed liberal divorce laws. Both of these have been very good to the economy of Reno. The railway station originally opened in 1868 and has been rebuilt twice, first in 1926 and then in 2007. As the line passes through the heart of the city, the tracks are below ground level. The station was used by 70,339 passengers in 2016 and as you heard from the announcement, the coach part of this train will be filling up completely at Reno. Once we leave Reno, the next 100 miles of the journey were the most difficult and costly to build. They also offered the finest scenery along the line as we pass through many snowsheds en route through the Sierras. This podcast has been made by the Mr. T Podcast Studio.
Thank you very much for listening.